step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside. And we're about to start the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show, the last show before I go on my voyage across the planet. And Seth, luckily for him, well, hopefully for him, he has a backup host for next week in which the college football preview will take place followed by the following week where I will be hosting the show, same bad time, same bad channel, uh, at 7 a.m. in Hong Kong while Seth will be here 7 p.m. on Tuesday. It will be 7 a.m. on Wednesday in Hong Kong for me for the NFL preview. And then I come back and we start with the fantasy football preview. Seth came in, Sean Palmer. It's a dreary day in New York, but you know what? doesn't matter. I'm going on vacation, man. Seth is supposedly here. Seth, are you there? Seth cannot be heard. Let's try this again. Seth, are you there? I am here. You can't hear me? Uh, now I can hear you. I couldn't hear you before. Obviously, I can hear you, know you, many now. People, how are you, buddy? you know. You know how many you know how many people have wanted to say they couldn't hear me talk? There's quite a few. Yeah. The uh, the woman in the balcony. You know, every girl I ever dated, my ninety percent of my friends have all kind of not wanted to hear me talk. So, and so anyway, as well. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. You're going off to your two-week sojourn while I have to suffer at home in New Jersey with my wife and kid and dog. Life is so difficult. What can you do? So while I am, so while I am obviously quite envious, you know, we, do, we deal with what we got to deal with. And at least we have football coming up. Because as you said, because it it's a jury day and it's been a jury week. It's been a jury week. And, you know, it's been one of those weeks since we've started this show. I think we're going on five years now. We've had several issues that have taken forefront, especially in legal proceedings, right? We've had Ray Rice. We've had Joe Paterno. We've had a litany of suspensions. We've had a, we've had a couple of expulsions. We've had some NBA suspensions. We've had some track suspensions. We've gone over and aboard for suspensions, expulsions, trials, whatever. And then last week, Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys has been under, quote, investigation for almost a year, if not more than a year, from the NFL for domestic abuse. The police saw absolutely no reason. Well, not absolutely. They, saw, they did not have enough evidence, or they saw no reason to prosecute. And so he was let go without any, uh, without any charges filed. And over the course of the last couple of months, we've heard inklings that there were going to be a suspension that was going to be handed down by His Highness Roger Goodell. And I say His Highness because I don't think any – other commissioner. And Seth, please disagree if you feel this way. No other commissioner wields the hammer like Roger Goodell. I, I just don't see I don't, it. I don't think there's much I, argument on that. I don't think Rob Manford does. I don't think Gary Bettman does. And I don't think um, Adam Silver certainly doesn't. 
of all the commissioners, I think Adam Silver is the most beloved by his own people. So you have this, and then it takes almost a year. And last week, Ezekiel gets handed down a six-game suspension, which is almost half the the NFL season. Kind of look at it, and you say WTF. At least that's what I did. Now, granted, I have a stake in it given that he is my keeper player in one of my leagues. So I, I must recuse myself, at, at least from the initial reaction. But I look at this, and I saw your, your posting on Facebook. You basically said, Jesus. And I, I just don't see how this makes any sense. And is it a case where finally Roger Goodell – has gone too much to the other side. Like, you, you say Ray Rice was too much to one side. The scales of justice tip back and forth. Have we finally reached a point where it is just too much to the other side? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Um, it was harsher than any of us anticipated. And my assumption is under appeal, it'll, go, it'll be reduced to three or four, two, four games, like it typically is. But... The thing that there's a couple of things I find confusing. Number one, that it took 13 months. Number two, Roger Goodell did not meet with Zeke Elliott nor the girlfriend Tiffany Thompson. I think what happened was this. I think after Ray Rice, to a degree, based on all the PR, he kind of took more of a CEO role, for lack of a better term, and allocated a group of people to to these kind of investigate to handle these kind of investigations. Now, just because he was they couldn't find enough evidence to indict uh, first of all, the idea of Ezekiel Elliott being indicted in Columbus, Ohio is pretty unlikely to begin with. I mean let let's be honest here. So the NFL is not gonna base a suspension on whether there is enough evidence to indict based on a variety of circumstances. Um, you know, supposedly, you know, he also had this thing in New Orleans where he lifted the girl's shirt off with, you know, without her permission. So it's not like he's been angelic here. And there have been no. several charges. There have been several times where, they have, where he has said that his ex... Now, you know, she, he says she's doing this to ruin his career. She says he's, be, you know, he has abused her several times. It is a he said, she said. But I cannot imagine that, especially someone like Zeke Elliott, where you know Dallas is the biggest draw in the NFL. Even in a down year last year, Dallas is rating. Dallas still brought in the best ratings. That they were gonna that they were they would have they would have suspended Dallas's their cash the best player on their cash cow team without reason. I don't see it. I think there's some. My guess, and again, I could be completely wrong, is there's something we don't know here. I really do. I, th- I just think there's, there's, there was another incident that we are not aware of, or that there is enough evidence, even if it wasn't enough to indict. What is it? I mean, you're the, you're the lawyer. Just because you, you can't indict criminally doesn't mean you can't go after the, the level of the threshold for civil is not as high. So maybe, and I'm not sure. saying she's going to assume, and I don't mean in that regard, but what I'm saying is there could still be a, a decent amount of evidence. It just may not be enough to indict the star running back right, so, of, a co- of the great college town, the great college town where they won a national championship when he was there, if you catch my draft. All right, so, right, so, so, ladies, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, here is your legal uh, lesson for the day. So in criminal court, you have a jury of your peers. In that jury of your peers, you have to, you're innocent until proven guilty, as most people know, and you need beyond a reasonable doubt. So you need every single juror to vote that beyond a reasonable doubt, you did what you did. So if he's accused of domestic violence, beyond a reasonable doubt. Because the mantra is better 10 men, 10, sorry, better 10 innocent men get away scot-free 
No. Better 10 guilty men go away scot-free than one innocent man serve a day in jail. That's the mantra. Whether you agree with that mantra or not, that is our U.S. legal system. Let's go to civil court. Civil court, preponderance of the evidence. So it's, is it more likely than not he did it? Now, there is a big distinction between preponderance of the evidence. Look, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar. You don't have to be Myron Roll. You don't have to be Sean Palmer. You don't have to be admitted to the bar to know that there is a big difference between preponderance of the evidence, which basically means 51% of your mind means that he did it, versus 100% he did it, because 99% is not enough. You need beyond a reasonable doubt that he did it. So there is obviously some threshold, and, and prosecutors generally don't take cases that are going to be losers. It doesn't look kindly upon them. So I get your point that if, he, if it was a loser case, even in Columbus, but here's my question. I think domestic violence has gotten to the point nationally and in sports that I don't believe you have that hometown feel anymore. I'm, I, look, I, I, we live in a society which I don't quite understand anymore. And with all the Charlottesville stuff that's going on this week, and we're not a political show, so I won't, I won't delve too much into it. But the fact is, I think domestic violence is so high up on everybody's radar that I'm not sure if you're the starting running back on – I'm not sure it's blue chips anymore. I'm not sure it's the good old boy network anymore because he lives in, in – or because he's a star running back in Columbus, Ohio, he gets away with it just because he's a star running back in, in Columbus, Ohio. I'm not sure that threshold is there anymore. And, look, I could be wrong, and hopefully I never, ever have to see it. But um, I, I, I'm not sure it's there anymore. I think, I think society, in regards to domestic violence, has taken a step up and said we just won't tolerate that. I, I, don't, know, I don't know your views on that. <laughs> sorry. Um, anyway, I, sorry, I kind of faded out. I had to fade out for 30 seconds, so I missed the last 30 seconds of what you said. Oh, I basically sorry, said I'm, I'm thinking that the, I think that domestic violence has taken a, 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 a notion in the U.S. where it doesn't matter if you are Ezekiel Elliott or not in a hometown that. I don't think people look at that anymore. I think it's it's you don't think it's the whole that town? far over. I I oh, think I don't. with regards to domestic violence, I think it it, it beats that threshold. Maybe look, uh, maybe that's I, I just disagree. something that I I, I, I hope I think, is true. I, I think I think in certain areas it would, but I don't think I don't think in a place where there is one sport and he was the God who brought them a championship that that's valid. I would, I, I just don't, I think you'll have the two or three people, you know, who, who would always, you know, just kind of like the guy who's the guy who, who burned down the trees during the Alabama Auburn, in the Alabama Auburn series, Harvey Updike. You're always going to have those people. Yeah. When it comes to college sports, more than pro. And there'll be always be those couple people, in Columbus who are going to see Zeke and he could have killed, you know, to quote our esteemed leader, could have shot some on fifth Avenue, but he's still the guy who led them to the championship that supersedes it. I disagree. Okay. And look, maybe, maybe I just hope that's the case. And, uh, and uh, hoping isn't doing too much good right now. Well, I also (laughs) said that we're not a political show. So yes, uh, totally, totally understand that. There are other injuries that have certainly taken over training camp. The the Dolphins have lost their starting middle linebacker, their second round pick. Kind of reminds me when the Bills did it last year when they lost Reggie Ranklin. There was there were two huge trades 
made by the Buffalo Bills, and we can talk a little bit about that. The Bills have reset for the first for it seems like the first time I don't know in the last nine months. Um, they continue they continually rebuild. They haven't yeah. See, there you go. Jake Jake's not happy with Jake's not happy with the Bills rebuilding. And um, they haven't made the playoffs in 17 years. They go and they trade their top wide receiver, their top cornerback for draft picks. Do you think this is the right move going forward for them? I think you have to give – I'm forgetting the, 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 the GM's name, but you have to give Sean Dermott five, Dermott five years here because you're going to lose Tyrod Taylor after this year. Watkins, I don't actually – Darby was a mediocre cornerback. You know, their number one was Gilmore, and he's gone. The team is going nowhere. They'll lose Taylor after this year, after this year most likely. And really, McDermott's looking for – you know, Watkins was not a guy. What do you do with Watkins at the end of the day? He's someone who has never lived up to the billing. Buffalo traded up to get him. He's – a player who's certainly been injury prone and without a five in, if they were going to, if they were going to, they were going to have to offer him a franchise tag next year, most likely. So you're going to pay 18 million, 19 million, 16 million for a guy who's probably not one of the three best wideouts in his class. Even, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it for either team. The Rams needed a wideout to help, you know, Jared Goff, who I've never seen the luster fall off someone off the first round, off the number one overall pick so quickly. It, it made sense to me. I was surprised by it, but it made sense. Darby was traded for, what, a third-round pick, give or take? Uh, My I think it was a... Your understanding was what? Now, my understanding with Darby was... McDermott didn't have an issue with him. It was more... I think he's more of a man guy, and I think McDermott is more of his own. And I think they were, the thought process was he wasn't going to fit what McDermott wants to run. And especially as a defensive coach, you know, he's going to he's going to bring in the players he can, to, you know, that are going to fit. His, this is not a team that's going to win a title next year, this year, or next year, or the year after that. He wants to start building a team around what around, you know, around around what he wants to run, especially on the defensive end. And if Darby's not going to fit that. Whether they go four and twelve or five and eleven this year isn't really going to make much of a damn difference. No, I, I completely agree, and I think Tyrod Taylor got himself into a better situation because Tyrod Taylor <laughs> had equal stats both with with and without Sammy Watkins. And if you're Buffalo, you're right; you're not making that trade. You are. I'm sorry. You need to make that trade. And the reasoning why you need to make that trade is let's assume Watkins becomes the guy that Watkins is supposed to be. Well, then you're paying him $18 million next year. You're paying him $18 million where he has made it through, if he becomes the guy that he's supposed to be this year, one year. He's made it through an entire season. If he doesn't make it through the entire season, you're not going to franchise him and you're going to lose him anyway. They already declined the fifth year of his contract, so he's a free agent. Jordan Matthews is a good substitute. I mean, I think Jordan Matthews is going to put up some pretty good numbers. I think so is Tyrod Taylor. So not a bad deal from Buffalo's point of view. And, look, Buffalo and the Jets are looking the same way. In three years, hopefully Tom Brady won't be there. That's what we need to build to. It's very simple. Both teams are trashing. Both teams are tanking. Both teams need a quarterback. Unfortunately, the Bills have more draft ammunition now. They have two firsts, two seconds, two thirds next year. That's a quite a sum. And the guy's name, by the way, is Brandon Bean, who uh, came over from Carolina. Oh, the, G- the new GM. Correct. So, and also, just because your team hasn't suffered enough so far this year, uh, Lucky Whitehead broke his foot. I don't yeah, even know. Right. I watch the Jets now. I don't even really know who Lucky Whitehead is. I know you lost okay. uh, your best offensive player at Enua. You lost your, I guess, your most experienced wideout left. And this guy, once you lose Bilal Powell, Wait. can you lose negative games? You don't know who Lucky Whitehead is? 
I don't think so. Name doesn't ring a bell. So, it would be someone who I would So that's remember, surprising. I would think. So that's very surprising. So Lucky Whitehead was the kick returner and wide receiver for the Cowboys last year. Oh, 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 was, the guy who the, the mistake the mistaken identity guy. Bingo. That's why I said I was very surprised you didn't know like Lucky Whitehead was. So yes. So okay. Lucky Whitehead has been extremely unlucky this season so far. Like ridiculously unlucky this season so far. So uh yeah, he's out for the year. So a guy that came back last night, and I wanted to get your, your take on this. I don't you, do you know who Chad Bettis is? Not off the top of my head. Okay, so Chad Bettis, and we're switching sports a little bit, is the pitcher for is a pitcher for the Colorado Rockies. So last night was the first time that he took the mound this year. Why? Might you say? Because Chad Bettis has been recovering from testicular cancer since January. He had he went into remission and then he came, and then it came back and he pitched last night. Oh, he didn't just pitch last night. He pitched seven scoreless innings last night against the Braves. Him and Jamison uh, Talon both this year have come back from testicular cancer. Uh, I don't – great news for anybody that can come back from cancer to play a sport or not a sport or whatnot, the fact that it goes in remission. It was one of the uh, – I watched some of the game last night. It was on uh, – I don't remember what channel it was on, but I, I turned it on because I remember the story. And I was kind of remembering back to some of the guys that we remember that came back from either serious injuries or from sickness. And I remember Mario Lemieux coming back from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And when he had it, sure. then he came back from it. And such – it makes you root so much for these guys because it proves that they're not just sports heroes. They're humans, Right. I mean, we hold these guys, or I won't say we now, but, I, but yeah, I mean, we still have our favorite players. We would still, I believe in some ways, we'd still get awestruck. If you walked into Odell Beckham, I think on the, on the sidewalk, you'd probably get a little awestruck. You wouldn't just say, oh, there's Odell Beckham. That doesn't happen. But these guys are real people, and they suffer the same way everybody else does. And it was it was a very touching moment seeing him pitch last night, and then Bud Black removed him and had a had a nice talk. I think Bud Black has also re- recovered from cancer, so a, a really touching story last night. Oh, I I honestly didn't I hadn't seen anything about it. Um, my you know my feed was it was more filled with uh, Marvin Bagley going to Duke. Um, and the appeal, the Elliot's appeal, but it is nice to hear in a time where there's very few stories where everyone seems happy. Um, it's, you know, that's a, it's a nice, that's a nice thing to hear. So, yeah. Well, let's, let's touch upon Marvin Bagley. And I think this is a new phenomenon, right? The reclassification. And maybe you can, yep. you can dis- discuss what that means a little bit more than I can, but I know that, Look, the number one recruit in the country is Michael Porter. The number 20 recruit in the country is his brother. His brother was a junior in high school last year. How the heck is he in, on Missouri? Like, how – this is a – to me, from what I recall, this happened a couple of times in the past. I know Andre Drummond had done it. But reclassification is a new thing for me. I, I don't remember it happening as often as it happens these days. It hasn't. And I'll be honest, I don't quite understand the dynamic of it. But for all intents and purposes, what they're doing is the people who who were supposed to graduate high school in 2018 and go to college are reclassifying as 2017. And I don't know if they're graduating early. Um, So they can start college a year early and start playing ball a year early. I don't know what the necessity is. I'm, and I'm actually looking it up right now. 
because I really did. I don't know, and I don't really understand it either. either the classification for basketball. Uh, well, I gotta think it's like skipping your grade, right? I mean, right. If you have enough no, credit, that. if you have enough credits, but I can't imagine a lot you, of people have enough credits. Well, Marvin Bagley, I know, took the equivalent of a full year of credits during this summer. So he doubled up on credits this summer just to make it through. So I guess if you have a plan early enough, you can do that. Uh, I would never have thought about it, but it makes a lot of sense from an economical standpoint. And you're all looking at me, I'm sure, saying how, how economical when these guys are going to college. Well, the NBA draft has an NBA rookie salary cap. We all know about that. That was instituted after the last collective bargaining agreement, or actually after the Kevin Garnett collective bargaining agreement. What happens is, so say Marvin Bagley. Marvin is his last name? First name? Marvin, right? Yes. Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley is the number one pick in next year's draft. So he goes to college, he reclassifies. So from junior, he becomes a senior this year. He enters Duke, become, makes Duke probably the t- – not probably. From what I understand, he's that good. They are the number one team in the nation. He leads them to a national championship. He becomes the number one pick in the draft. Number one pick in the draft has a salary cap figure of, let's say, $5 million a year. That salary, that contract lasts two to three years. I think it's actually three to four. I'm sorry. Then he gets yep. his second contract, and that's where the money is in the second contract. That's where the maximum money comes in. That's where the Giannis, I can never pronounce his last name, Giannis contract, the extension comes in. That's why Kyrie Irving is earning max money. That's why, all, that's why Porzingis, after 2018-19, they just picked up that option will earn max money. So if he goes to college as, a ni- as an eight, uh, sorry, a 19-year-old instead of a 20-year-old, or, sorry, <coughs> excuse me, an 18, if he goes to college as an 18-year-old, a very, very young 18-year-old as opposed to a 19-year-old, then he will be able to earn that salary and earn that second contract that much quicker and he'll make more money. It's, it's that simple. Now, do you lose out on a high school experience? Yes. Do you eventually lose out on a college experience? If you understand that college basketball players have a college experience, which I'm not really sure that they do in the normal sense, then yes. But you're making mad money, dude. By the time you're 24, 23, 24 years old, you're making $25 million. Seth, you and I won't make $25 million in our lifetime. He'll make it in one year. I'm 24 years old. Speak for yourself. You may not make $25 million a year. I have a lot of faith in my wife that she'll be making $25 million a year by the time she's 40 in about 12 years or so. Okay, dude, you need to speak more into the phone because all I heard was wah, 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 okay, wah, right. wah, I said What I said was speak for yourself. My wife will be making $25 million a year by, in 10 years when she turns 40. That's fantastic. And then, and then you know who will write the contract that sells her business? This guy. That will be you. So I'm That'll totally up with that. Totally up with that. Jake, yeah, Jake does not quite seem quite as up with that. But. <laughs> uh, Uncle Sean will do mommy a good job. Uncle Sean will do mommy a good job. But so let's talk about the impact of, of Marvin Bagley reclassifying. So from what I understand, he's just that good. Is that the truth? It seems that he was going to be most likely the most heavily recruited uh, fresh, heavy, heavily recruited player since Anthony Davis, um, which is I guess five or six years ago now, or right in that lane. He was the number one. He was going to be the number one recruit for eighteen. He probably trumps Michael Porter as number one for seventeen. He comes into a Duke team 
that gets that has the number one point guard in the country coming in and Trevin uh, Duval. They have Grayson Allen back. They have two other freshmen that are uh, top twenty. Uh, Wendell Carter is another one. I forget the fourth. So it puts them as a team that was probably top ten overall, probably now top two or three, along with Arizona, who's kind of been the consensus number one coming in. Okay. So, and, and we'll obviously talk a little bit more about the the um, the NCAA as we get closer to the NCAA season, which is coming up in October. So, I did see and was very surprised the mock draft that the NBA has out, that Chad Ford had out the other day. I think it was Chad Ford. And a guy from Maryland in the top 15, and you haven't talked about him at all. Some guy named Jackson, I'm assuming, Justin Jackson. I'm assuming Justin, I'm assuming Justin Jackson. Yeah. Justin I, Jackson. I'm like, wait a second. There's a Maryland guy in the top 15, and Seth hasn't been, like, all over the show about this guy and how much he's better than Diamond Stone, who ironically got released the other day. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm – I'm quite surprised. Where where have you been, Joe DiMaggio? The nation calls the Is the nation turning their lonely eyes to me? Yes. Justin Jackson is well, a Turks 6'10". Nation. Is a 6'10", small, small, kind of that 3-4 combo. Um, good shoot. Needs to get a little bit more physical. Needs to get a little bit more athletic. Um, but a nice all-around player. Uh, average kind of got tired down the stretch. Um, when they, when he's one of the two best players on the team, along with Kevin Herter, who played on the under 18 uh, team for Calipari, for uh, was he, I forgot, I think it was Calipari um, this summer. He's from Canada. He was a top 50 recruit coming in. There was a big debate whether he was going to he was going to leave or stay. They had him at the end of the first round, beginning of the second, um, with the team that Maryland has coming back who they think can make a pretty good run. Um, plus, they need to develop a little bit more where he could become a top 15 player. You know, it's, not, it's not a surprise. We had seen him anywhere between 10 and 20 um, for 2018 mocks going back a year or so. So, mm-hmm. not, not overly surprised. Okay. You know, plus, so, last year was all was, – uh, I'm sorry, please. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, um, you know it's one of those things. That we we know he won't be here more than a year, another year. Um, but you know, are we really talking college basketball right now? Wow. I, you know, I well, guess the other thing look, is probably. Yeah, the other thing. What? Go ahead. No, I was just going to jump around a little bit. Um, you know, we didn't. We haven't. We're not going to talk too much about the political. Well, we have touched on this once or twice in regards to the national anthem. Um, yes. Michael Bennett made an, you know, I said he will sit for it. Made an extraordinarily eloquent, I thought, speech regarding it. Um, but a couple of days ago, Marshawn Lynch has, you know, sat through sat through it um, this year doing so sorry so i mean it, it looks like i guess i'm i guess i want you know we've talked about it briefly in the past and yep. to me i've never really understood the national anthem being at being at events i don't i i i'm just not in, I, i've never seen the correlation you've been a bigger fan of it than me i mean what are your what are your thoughts and i guess the idea is if other players are going to be doing this should the ramifications? I mean, we've seen it with a bunch of players. Obviously, Kaepernick started, and for some, and for obvious reasons, not obvious reasons, but I'm not sure. And we discussed this earlier. He's not per se being blackballed, but he's certainly one of the, probably one of the 64 best quarterbacks in the league, and doesn't have a job. Yep. Do you see any? If you do, you, how do you see this playing out? Do we? See, do you see a lot more players, especially in light of what uh, Trump said today? Um, do you see a lot more protests coming forward? A lot more of this over I the next do. over the over, I, over this I year. I do. 
So I see protest. I don't see sitting. And I think there's something to be said for that. So I don't have a problem with whatever somebody does. I mean, we, you and I have discussed this ad nauseum in the fact that you have the freedom of speech. You can sit. You can stand. If, if somebody was sitting at the national anthem during the game that I was attending uh, in the stands, I would probably look at them funny um, just because they were doing something different that nobody else was doing. And I think that's the point, right? So you're, you're putting out a protest for the reason that you're, you want to be noticed. So if that's your mantra, that's fine. But at the same time, if you're Colin Kaepernick and not Marshawn Lynch, and when I say Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch is the most popular person on the Raiders right now, by far, not even close. He's from Oakland. He went to the Raiders. He's going to be there for probably two years until they leave for Vegas. And his, his jersey is one of the top-selling jerseys in football right now. So he's not Colin Kaepernick. He's a starting player. He's one of the top running backs in the AFC. And, you know, he could potentially be in the whole entire NFL. If you see starters doing it, you're not going to see any repercussions. I've always said this before. All-stars have different privileges. And they have different rules. And if Colin Kaepernick was Tom Brady and he won a Super Bowl last year, and this year he sat down and said, you know what, I don't want to do it because I don't believe in this country and what they're doing right now, would he get ridiculed? Yes. I don't, I don't even think Tom Brady would be above it. But would he get cut? Seth, can you honestly think that Tom, if Tom Brady sat tomorrow for the national anthem, that there's any shot that he would get cut? Even if he had no guaranteed money? No, don't be, that would be ridiculous. No, right. there is a freedom. There, there is, look, we have a freedom of choice and freedom of speech, and you can do as you please. And as I said, I have no issue with any of this. But there is also a consequence often to a freedom of speech. And this is the consequence. You know, I was listening to a show on Sirius, I forget which one, and they brought up an interesting point. You know, is there a collective blackball against Kaepernick? Probably not. But if it, let's just say there was an owner who was in the army or whose father was a policeman or whatever it was, you know, are they going to see it differently than other owners, even if there's, a, you know, because of the connotation of it, you know, of their background, are they going to see it differently? Are they going to be less apt? You know, we, we, the rumor was that uh, Baltimore with Flacco out we talked about this last week or two weeks ago, um, wanted to bring in Kaepernick that Ozzie Newsom did, as did John Harbaugh. And Steve Bishotti, who's considered a pretty liberal owner, shot it down. Again, we don't know this. This is what the rumors were. We don't know this. We don't, we're, we're not, we don't know this to be a fact. Um, is it a town where Kaepernick probably would have been accepted? I would think so. It's a team that needs that needs a quarterback. Well, that's a whole other discussion. But um, you know, and I'm not. And I think also some with him, it's a little different because he made a. You know, he did all these things, and then when it kind of came to a lot of certain things, you know, like we were talking about even with Miami when he was debating when when Tannehill got hurt. You know, he was wearing the, the Che Guevara and the, and the Fidel Castro shirts. How do you think that'll play out in Miami? There are you can do as you please. You can do within reason, you know, based on freedom of speech. But there are you know, there are ramifications based on extenuating, based on the circumstances in which you do this. And I think that's kind of where we stand right now with Kaepernick. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not yep. saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's factual. And I think there, now again, no Cutler dis- would have been there anyway. I'm sorry. Please. Yeah, I I I, I don't disagree with anything you say. Anything you have said. That's a change. <laughs> there are, and, and, yeah, well, look, I will – we talk about Kaepernick. We talk about freedom of speech. Let's go back. Like, let's go back. And when I mean back, 
I mean, let's go back to the 1760s, right? Let's go back to the 1760s when this nation was becoming a nation, when they were saying, we don't want to be part of British rule. We want to, we want to stop being a colony of Britain, and we want to go our own way. There were repercussions for those actions. There were a lot of people that were shot and a lot of people that were, that were hanged, and a lot of people went to war over that same issue that I wanted the freedom of speech to do what I want. So within reason, obviously, but one of those reasons was I don't want to say God saves the king anymore. And so there were repercussions there. There are repercussions throughout all of history for things that were done or decisions that were made and I'll say each of us in our own lives, personally and professionally, look, Sir Isaac Newton said it best. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Yes, I am quoting physics here. Look, it's a slow <laughs> week in sports. I mean, we are, we are going <laughs> all over the place today. For you. Seriously, and you know what? I am so happy to be alleviated of the duty of doing college football next week. I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm thrilled, thrilled to, to, to place that mantle on somebody else's shoulders. But, but, ladies and gentlemen, true to our words, you will have somebody here on Tuesday or Seth will be doing a half hour by himself because we will bring you a show every Tuesday of 2017. So, all right, getting back to what I was saying. So equal and opposite reaction, right? So, so Colin Kaepernick did something, and now he's experiencing the reaction of that. And he can do whatever he wants within, within the law. He can speak out, not to get political, but you know what? I don't agree with what any of the protesters did this week. I don't agree with their hate speech. I don't agree with any of it. But if they just spoke and they just marched, I don't have a problem with it. I don't like it. I don't like what they're spewing. I don't like the crap that's coming out of their mouths. But legally, and in my own personal opinion, they have every right to do it. And you have every right to not listen, and you have every right to bash them, and you have every right to go on social media and say, this is a crock of, use whatever crap you want. But you have that right to do it. That's part of what happened in 1776 when we formed our own country. That's what's happened throughout history when we fought for these rights. There's always going to be people like that. But, yeah, Colin Kaepernick, have at it. Go for it. Marshawn Lynch, you want to follow suit? Have at it. But I'll tell you, Marshawn, when you stop rushing for 1,200 yards, you're not going to get a job either. Michael Bennett, when you become 37 years old and you're not a starting defensive end, caliber, starting caliber defensive end, you're not going to have a job either. You're not going to get the benefit of the doubt anymore. That's the repercussion. And right now, Colin Kaepernick's not getting the benefit of the doubt. It's that simple. And Tom Brady would, would have the exact same, in my opinion, let's say Tom Brady is right this year, he, he goes, I don't know, they go 10-6, and six, but he has a horrible year and he has 30 interceptions. He falls off the, falls off the cliff. He, he becomes Dan Marino when, uh, when Dan Marino went down really hard. And in the last game, Last two games, Tom Brady decided to not stand for the national anthem. I'm not sure he'd have a job next year either. Certainly wouldn't be the beloved figure that he is today. No chance. So, yeah. So, will I shy away from picking Marshawn Lynch in our fantasy league? No. Because I know at least this year he's going to be in the NFL. Next year, maybe not. It does all so, come back to fantasy at the end of the day. 
Look, 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 look. It all comes back to beating Nabate. It has nothing to do with winning the league. It all comes down. Now, let me tell you a little story, ladies and gentlemen. You all know Mr. Isles, one of our favorite players, one of our favorite people. And Nabate uh, has started talking a little bit of smack in our league, saying that this is the year that he is going to win. And my response to him was, you've been saying that for four years and you haven't beaten us once. So, Nabate, I'm throwing down the hat. I am Nevada, I am throwing down the hammer. Come to Papa. If you want the championship, you have to take the championship. We're not going to give it to you. Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston. It's Brown Bell. No, it's Bell and Brown, and we score a touchdown. So until you, you unseat the chance, just ain't going to happen. And, and we also had Devontae Freeman. I thought so. I thought it was going to be Brown Bell and beating us as hell, but not bad. Um, had, by the way, happy 40th, oh, no. Mbate. Yes, happy 40th. And, and, for, and for your birthday present, we will give you a second place, second place finish in our league. No problem. <laughs> if you'd like to call uh, in and say happy birthday. <laughs> If you'd like to, if you'd like to call in and say happy birthday to Nabate, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846, and even more so, if you have some trash talking, we're definitely open to trash talking for the next 15 minutes. So please call oh. in. Let us know how you feel. I'm going to bring up a sport I don't think we've brought up in five years here, um, outside of Olympic time. So the greatest runner of our lifetime retired this week, or retired last week. Yep. And he lost his final race. He lost his two final races. He lost the the 100 uh, by I think point zero by like two two, ten, two hundredths of a second to Justin Gatlin. He got hurt running the four by 100 uh, relay for Jamaica. Of course, I'm talking about Usain Bolt. Now this is a sport that's been on a downward climb, downward trajectory. From a popularity standpoint, for years. <laughs> I was about to say, how fun. do you have a downward climb? That's why, anyway, I correct, go on. that's why I corrected myself. But by far, that's the biggest awesome. name in the sport it has been Bolt over the last decade. Is borderline bordering on the irrelevancy in this country. Is it, now it will always be popular during during. It will always be popular during Olympic time. But it brings up an obvious question. If a sport is popular during the Olympics, I'm not saying to the degree of like a basketball where, you know, every week there should be, it should be watched or anything along those lines. But even with swimming, how is it possible that a sport can be so popular once every four years and then literally falls off the face of the earth for the other 1,200 days in between? Even like the world, even the world championships are irrelevant. Why is that in the states? And do you know? And how do you? Think, with a, with a, with you know, we're now a, we're now a, a, a country. It used to be the four main sports. In my mind, it's really two and it's like it's two and then two halves at this point. I think you have pro football and you have pro basketball. I think baseball has taken a downswing. I think college football has kind of taken an upswing. And then there's every hockey is irrelevant. NASCAR is irrelevant. These were all sports that at one point threatened to kind of hit that hierarchy. You know, I just want your thoughts in general kind of on this. You know, do you see it the same way I am? I mean, maybe, I mean, I know you're more of a baseball guy than I am, but I guess I was calling it with originally with track and swimming. Is there any way to get them into the American mind, you know, the American thought process or is this, or is it just kind of, or is it just, it's an Olympic sport. That's it. Wow. Um, yeah, I gave okay. you, you a barn burner on that one. Yeah, you did, but I, I don't think it's that hard. I think you need a U.S. guy. I think people pay attention when Michael Phelps swims. I think people paid attention when Carl Lewis ran. I think people paid attention when Michael Johnson ran. 
I think you need a U.S. guy to make it U.S. I don't think it's any simpler than that. Are you going to get it to a sport where it's going to ever be a top four sport? No, never. Never. You know why? Because not enough people do it. The reason that soccer, even though soccer is much more popular globally, it's, it's, certainly, become a, it's certainly come a long way in the U.S., and football and basketball and, and baseball is because these sports are so popular with the youth. Swimming, so I was on a swim team when I was a kid. I was one of those lucky guys that had a pool at my, at my high school. So I was able to swim every single day. Seth, did you have a pool at your high school? We did not. Okay, so Wayne, who is an affluent community in New Jersey, did not have a pool yeah, at their high school. Really? Only, uh, I wouldn't consider Wayne an affluent community, but okay. Do you, th- do you believe them to be a poor community? It's a, it's a, middle, it's a middle class. It's, I don't, okay, that's... We that's to, anyway. Okay. Okay. Beyond, I think the majority... The my point is the majority of schools in the United States do not have pools. True. The access is not there. So people, so people, so kids are not on swim teams. You have to be able to play the sport in order to really enjoy the sport. You wonder why hockey is not a huge sport in the United States. People don't play it. (laughs) Kids don't play it. It's huge in Canada because guess what? It's always cold. <laughs> People are playing it nonstop. It's huge in Buffalo. Why is lacrosse so big on Long Island, New Jersey, North Carolina, and Baltimore, and Philly? Why? Oh, I'm sorry. That's where they play it. That's why. You need to be able to play those sports. Track, track's not sport. Do you view track as a sport? Yeah, I do, actually. You view golf as a sport? Less than track. Why? Um, Same thing. Not running. I always consider there had to be a true physical a sport that had to include there's a couple aspects, but one of the main essentials was it had to be, there had to be a massive physical exertion. And Wait a second. So is, dis, is discus or javelin a sport? Are they, even for that three or four second oomph, are they, is there a massive, is there an athlete? Okay. So, uh, so why is golf not one? Why is golf not a sport? Because it's – what do you do more than anything else in golf? You hit the ball. No, you walk. Or you ride – Okay, a, so power, ride. Walk, power walking, not a sport? No. Power walking is not a sport. Well, it's an Olympic event. So, we've had this discussion. There are things that we, that we, that we disagree with. And, you know, we disagree on what a sport is. Okay. Okay. So, so my point is that there are many sports out there that why is golf? Golf isn't is is available to the masses. You need a club no, and you need a driving range. Really? You need a club and you need a driving range. Not to pl- look. Golf is available to me, right? I don't go play golf. Yes. But I can go to a driving range and hit a bucket of balls anytime I really want it. Yes. The majority of people, yes, I'm not saying the sport of golf, but you can go to a batting cage. You can go, the, the concept of a pool or the concept of running in 800 meters in a track environment is not available to most people. And I think the fact of that, and it's so limited in nature, Remember, in the, the you only hear about what the top three players for each of, top three swimmers. They're not players. 
top three swimmers or top three golfers. I'll even put tennis in the same sport, the same category. Tennis is not a huge sport in the United States to watch. I think it's accessible to play. I think people do play it, just not accessible to watch. Because I think it's a very limited, limited selection of people that do it. So I don't think you're going to get the popularity unless you get a Michael Phelps type person or a Carl Lewis type person. Because truth be told, we all watch Michael Phelps, whether that's in the World Championships or in the Olympics. We all tune in to see. Did you Michael watch? Phelps. Did you watch Michael? Did you watch Michael Phelps in the World Championships, not in the Olympics? I did. Okay. I did. Absolutely did. Because it was Michael Phelps, and I watched Carl Lewis and I watched Michael Johnson because it was Michael Johnson. He had a personality. He had the golden shoes. If you recall. I do. I love the Golden Shoes. No. I love the Golden Shoes. 96, and it was 96 Olympics. Bolt. And the loss of Usain Bolt to the track world is devastating. Because, right, because, yeah, Justin Gatlin, Justin Gatlin's a pariah on that circuit. He's been suspended for drugs. He doesn't have a good personality. And he's just, an, he looks like an angry guy. I don't think he's good for the sport at all. He certainly won't make the sport any more popular in the United States. Because you're not, people in the United States, once you're, once, I would say it's the same way in some, in some ways, is very similar to a domestic abuse. And I don't say it in the concept of apples to apples. I'm saying the stigma that is attached to it is very similar. Once you're labeled a domestic abuser, once you're labeled a drug user, very few people want anything to do with you in those sports. I think there are sports where that gets bypassed, which is mostly football to me. But in baseball, in basketball, I guess, you don't have many, many drug abuse problems in basketball. Um, in hockey, maybe. But in football, somebody gets nailed for anabolic steroids, you don't care. Do you even know who's ever been nailed for anabolic steroids? Do you know one person that has? I know who they are, but the fact that you don't know them means that they were pretty much swept under the radar. So, okay, we got two. Okay, two minutes. Theo Flory, Theo Flory uh, had a cocaine addiction, not not steroids. So okay, we got uh, what? Three minutes to go. So I will say uh, au revoir, adios, sayonara, sayonara is the right one. Sayonara, ding 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 ding. For uh, two weeks from today, I will speak to all of you from uh, the IPC Hong Kong office. And uh, I'd like to thank the many uh, listeners that tune in, blah, 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 blah. It's like an acceptance show. And uh, even more so, I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in today because it's been one of those rough, rough shows for both myself and for Mr. Kamen. And we're slowly coming to an end, so I am very happy about that. Uh, Seth, you got one and a half minutes. Go. All right, a couple things. I've seen the future quarterback of the New York Jets, and his name is Jake Kamens, because he now throws the ball better than, I believe, <laughs> at least two of the three uh, QBs, whether it's Petty, Hackenberg, and McCown. I'm not sure which one. The ball, the ball – oh, he throws the ball better than my wife. That's not really a question. Um, it went about seven or eight inches, but that's okay. Um, a fond farewell to my favorite boxer of all time who just announced his retirement today, uh, Sugar Shane Mosley, who was at 135 with one of the best I've ever seen. Um, I wish he had fought Floyd Mayweather at that late, at 130 or 135, where he was at his best, not at the 147, 154. Um, he was he was truly fun to watch, and you know, kind of what brought me up to track was I saw something I hadn't seen. The U.S. actually very rarely do I see tell people to watch a random weird race, but if you can watch the U.S. women's the women's world champions steeplechase, 
It was the biggest upset supposedly in track in the last 50 years um, with Americans who had not meddled, I don't think, in the last 50 years going one and two and beating the Kenyans who missed a turnoff. It was a pretty crazy race. Find it on YouTube. It's really worth watching. The, guy, the woman who won silver beat her personal best by 16 seconds, which is just ridiculous. Anyway, next week, college football preview. There's two or three guys I think I'm going to reach out to. One an ex-black sports page guy. Um, should be fun. Four show on and college, you're done. There we go. Oh, God. <laughs> lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.